What's going on, Skytown? Welcome to another edition of the Skyhook Podcast. My name is James K, and with me on the mic, as always, is your co-host, Christopher J. Pennett, CJP. How you doing today, man? <laughs> we we literally just jumped on and uh, haven't even asked you how you're doing today. That's how quick we're doing this today. How you doing? I'm doing great. I had to uh, had to get up early. So I decided to put on my extra thick WNBA hoodie, as you can see, and go for a walk through the neighborhood, which also involved uh, working on my dribbling. I used to, back in college, I would go around uh, campus reading a book in one hand and dribbling with the other hand so I could <laughs> work on both my dexterity and um, mental, mental dexterity. And I remember the coach at the time, the women's basketball coach at Bradley saw me one day and was like, that's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And she was not quick with, she was uh, not quick with praise, I'll say. So <laughs> it was cool. It was cool to have that, uh, have that happen. And I was kind of trying to get back to that. So been a good morning. Love to hear that, man. I, uh, that is so wholesome. <laughs> so <laughs> I love that. Um, you know, I know you got to get going in like 40-ish minutes, so let's get to it, Chris. I mean, we're going to go over some of our free agency grades of each of the Chicago Skies moves outside of the training camp deals, just because we've touched on them a little bit already. And I'm excited because I feel like the dust has settled and even the sky now being able to sell single game tickets, it just feels like we're getting like we're right there with the start of the season. And we're like, what, two and a half months away? I mean, it's going to come up on us without any warning. So this does feel like the time of year when we can kind of start talking about what the Chicago Sky are going to look like a little bit more now that the dust has kind of settled with free agency. But before we do that, I want to talk to you all about one of my favorite services, Chris, which is BetStamp. BetStamp is such a good way for people who are interested in sports betting to get more involved with the WNBA, and it's just an indispensable tool for sports bettors of any experience level. The app aggregates data from all major North American sports books, showing you the best odds available for you anywhere you want to make bets. So you can also follow picks from the most successful BetStamp users, and that might include Mr. Christopher Pennant if you were to go on the app, and it helps you just keep track of your own betting history and just have everything just centralized so that you can make the best bet possible and get those earnings up. So today, we encourage you to download BetStamp in either the Apple or Google Play stores and use the promo code SkyhookPod. One more time, that is SkyHookPod, all lowercase, when you sign up. So I, I will say that uh, wait a while before you're following me for bets until my <laughs> uh, rate of return on investment goes green, which will happen soon, but it's not green yet. <laughs> I will be honest with you. Hey, you know what, man? This was an ad read. We could have just kept it. Uh, we didn't have to keep it 100, but you know what? I appreciate you. This is why you gotta love Chris Pennett. He uh he watches out for the people. Um <laughs> always. So, Chris, man, I thought that this exercise was really interesting doing it by myself, just getting ready for this podcast. And I'm curious before we get into it, just if you thought about like a scale that you would use of like what qualifies as an A plus, or if you kind of just went based on your gut feeling, I kind of try to make this a little bit more confined with like my grades. And I'm just kind of curious, like, did you do that before we hopped on the mic? No, I kind of just went through it based on what we had talked about it before. And I, I wouldn't say gut feeling, just I think our last conversation about it pretty much informed everything that I, that I needed to go along with this, you know, not in not really looking at other teams' grades, or, or other teams' moves outside of the Marina Mabry trade because that involved other teams getting something from the sky as well as uh, New York or Dallas or Phoenix. But it's really about what the sky do in relation to last season and the preceding seasons. Since once you win a championship, it's not necessarily championship or bust every single time out. 
but that is fresh enough, especially in this case, in the fans' minds and the organization's minds, that they're trying to get back to a championship much sooner rather than later. See, I've thought about going that route as well because I feel like it's just, it. I feel like we can have a more organic conversation that way. The only thing that I put as in my scale for this is like for my A grades, which I think that if you were to get an A plus, for example, if a team in general, that like if I was going to give a, a A plus to a move, it would be a team landing like a franchise changing superstar who puts the team in contention immediately and kind of with an A kind of along the same line. They just get a proven all star who puts them immediately in contention. And then an A minus would be kind of like getting a proven superstar who puts the, a team one move away from being in contention. Like that to me, when I think about giving something an A, that's kind of where my mind goes towards a little bit. So that's, mm-hmm. I just want to give a little bit of context to where I, I was coming from when making some of these grades that we're about to go over. And yeah, I think that this is going to be a fun conversation. Let's start off with the first one, which we have with Courtney Williams, who signed as an unrestricted free agent. She signed a one-year, $160,000 protected contract with the Sky. What did you give this move when, yeah, I'm curious where your head's at with this one. This was tough, right? Because the last time we convened here, I was a bit uh, down on the signing, even though Courtney was enthusiastic um, on the um on her press conference, her and is with her and Izzy Harrison and the rest of the, the press. I actually think that that's what lightened my mood about it a bit because it's not like she's never been that person, but I think I was unfairly uh, taking into account uh, the trouble that she had when she was in Atlanta, in Atlanta the off court issues that uh, caused her move and really, really kind of upset her stability in the WNBA since then. So I, I don't want to put so much wait on that because it's an episode that happened in the past nothing like that has happened since then i think she's taking great care to stay out of trouble and really make sure that what we're talking about is her on court play so i want to take that out of consideration uh, because that made it a lower grade in my head that being said i still am wanting to see exactly how things go because we know courtney williams is a volume scorer and she's not a great three-point shooter and that's something that the Sky are going to be lacking without Allie Quigley and Courtney Vandersloot. And while she might be a good slasher, and you can, you know, you right now you have potentially two, maybe three of those players at the guard position, if you include Dana Evans. I still think this one is a C, just even for a one-year deal at that price with a protected contract, because the value that you got last year in the similar vein was with Sloot or Azure Stevens. And I don't think Courtney Williams is that value of that, that play, a player who's going to give you as much necessarily. It remains to be seen, but I think so many things hinge on an unknown, which is how the sky will, uh, which is how the sky want to play and how they will play, how that will manifest, particularly in their half court offense and their half court defense. So for right now, I'm giving it right down the middle of the road that deals to see. We have a similar mindset with this one. I gave it a C minus because I didn't consider the off-court stuff. I've kind of think that it's at least somewhat put to bed after she's played a full season in the W. So I'm with you on that one as well. I don't think you can rate any one-year deal in the Ds or Fs. It's a one-year deal. It's a flyer. And we also just don't know what the market was for Courtney Williams, who has had success in this league, like you said, as a volume scorer. The long mid-range attempts are going to end my life, Chris, sh- shorter than it should be. Um, like <laughs> for context here, Courtney Williams took 191 long mid-range shots according to PBP stats, which is from 14 feet out to the three-point line. And again, just for context, the Phoenix Mercury were last in the WNBA with 242 long mid-range attempts last season. So, I mean, just to say that she's taken a lot of them at not a high efficiency rate and it's not like she was someone that was finishing around the basket all that well last year either so Mm. we talk about putting a player like that next to Kalia Copper I do wonder how that's going to look 
at the same time, though, I want to be fair and not just use the data completely against Courtney Williams. Like we did see last year, again, in the semifinals, that Courtney Williams was someone that could just go out and get this on a bucket when they needed her to. And the, again, the efficiency numbers aren't always going to be there, but I thought we saw last season, not even just in the semifinals, that the Sky just needed more players like Kalia Copper who could just go out, get to the basket, just generate some points and just be like, you know what, guys, I got this for the next 180 seconds. And the Sky added multiple players like that this past offseason. I get why the Sky did, like, wanted to add someone like Courtney Williams, who, again, like, throw the stats away. We did, we've seen her be a contributor before. I just, this isn't, she's not the type of player on the court necessarily that I would have wanted to put next to Kalia Copper for this upcoming season. So, yeah, we I think we're sitting comfortably there with a C, C minus. Um, so, Elizabeth Williams, do you want to go on to that next one? Of course. Uh, Elizabeth Williams coming in at a two-year deal, 135000 and that's protected. And I think we've had extensive talks about this one, mostly, uh, mainly, because, uh, well, as, as well as the, the player that we'll talk about after Elizabeth Williams, they'll be replacing a fairly vaunted front court. Plus, I think that this one has a bit more of a positive outlook for um, friend of the show, Eric Nemchak, as well as other Sky players. But James, I'm going to start with you. What did you think about the Elizabeth Williams acquisition? I think you can do a lot worse than Elizabeth Williams at two years, 135K a year. I gave this a B plus which is under my criteria of that scale, again, for what qualifies as an A plus to an A minus, like this is the highest that I would give someone like Elizabeth Williams, because I think there are a lot of intriguing options out there for this guy right now for what could be their closing lineup. I'm less interested in the starting lineup because I do think you can, that fit spot is kind of up in the air right now um, at the four, I should say. And just thinking about it a little bit before the show. I'm curious if there's going to be a lineup out there in the last two minutes of the game where it's Marina Mabry, Kalia Copper, Rebecca Gardner, and Isabel Harrison, um, Alana Smith occupying the four, and then Elizabeth at the five. And I think that those three of Marina Mabry, Kalia Copper, and Rebecca Gardner just being pests on the perimeter and just being super aggressive can only happen if you have someone like Elizabeth Williams who can array shots at the rim and is just someone that's super versatile, can bring help side defense. She's just someone that can cover a lot of space. And to get her for 135K and kind of betting on her to have a bounce back season after being kind of shut down the depth chart in Washington, I think this was a really solid move after the team had to pivot. So I gave it a B plus. What did you end up giving it in terms of a grade? I said B just because I think um, I think it was slightly better again than the next play that we're going to speak about. And you're right. You have to have a rim protector when you have players who like to be aggressive on the perimeter in case that they gamble and uh, lose. And I think you'll get some of that, not only with Elizabeth Williams, but with the next player as well. And Elizabeth Williams is his presence in the league. She's been steady for a long time. I don't think you've ever heard anything come around about her that's like she was a bad teammate. She was a bad locker room presence, um, anything like that. And this guy, even on a team with some veterans like uh, Kalia Copper, they've lost a lot of that veteran leadership that they had with Sloot, Ali, and Courtney. And Elizabeth Williams, I think, is going to be able to fill some of that void. So I, I, I did like that deal. I gave it a B just because I don't like, I'm that teacher from college, you remember, that never gave A's. I don't like giving <laughs> A's. So I don't think I'm going to give any A's this time around. But I think this is a good deal uh, for, for a lot of, for the same reasons that you said. So I give it a B. I think we're both in agreement in that same range. It's just, this is not a high risk on a two-year deal at 135K. It just seems like, okay, if Elizabeth Williams doesn't work out as a starter for this season, like next season, maybe you rebuild the front court. And then she's coming off the bench again, making just 135K. I think for what the market dictated too, that's just pretty solid for what this guy were able to get that late in free agency. 
Okay, Chris. So our next one is Isabel Harrison, who signed a two-year deal with 160K annual value there for Elizabeth, and it's a protected deal. Chris, what did you give this one? I like Izzy Harrison. I like the way that she came in on a press conference. I, I like the fact that she was that she, I don't know if she would, but for some reason it felt very endearing that she, like the rest of us, had to conduct an interview in a car, you know, like we all had to do at some point in this time post-pandemic. And she seemed very enthused. She was very open um, and honest about her her relationship with Courtney Williams, how she came to the city. I liked her anecdote that uh, she really saw Chicago during All-Star Weekend because it means something positive came out of that other than um, what we saw on the court. She, I think she took to the city uh, that weekend that she said, uh, she said in, her, in her introductory press conference. And I think with the bad taste that a lot of um, fans and press had, I wouldn't have expected to hear that. And it was, it was really good, I think, um, especially when we've been talking about the sky playing and and having players not necessarily be in the city for a majority of their time, either whether it's practice or traveling the games. So with that being said, I think two years at 160K for Isabel Harrison is tough because it puts you in a bit of a tight spot for the next season um, when you have Kalia Copper as an unrestricted free agent. Now we haven't we haven't heard if she won't be negotiating over the season. I know that's tough for players to do in any sport. Um, and I think that after this season, uh, after this off season, she's a player that you absolutely have to be willing to commit a max deal to, unless from, for some reason, um, the aliens from space jam come through and her production falls off the face of the earth. So the Isabel Harrison deal, I gave a B minus because while I think that she is a solid big in this league can score at the rim. Um, can score away from the basket as well and runs the floor well. Again, we don't necessarily know how Chicago's half-court offense and defensive scheme is going to manifest, so we don't know how well she'll function with this guy as of yet. That might sound like waffling because it's the offseason still and nobody knows. We haven't even started training camp, but all I have to go on is this guy making a sea change in their philosophy and Isabel Harrison having a skill set that ne- that we don't necessarily know if it'll fit. And the and again, the economics of the deal, I think, is the part that knocks it down from a B or a B plus to a B minus. That being said, I want to reiterate, I really, really, really fucking like Izzy. I think she's going to do well here. Uh, I want to shout out to my uh, partner at the Chicago Union, Candace Breedlove, who played basketball with Izzy back in her high school days and was mm-hmm. really excited that she's coming to town and as she put it, um, would bring uh, some fresh, just a set of fresh leg at a time uh, that was that was noticeable last year when this guy um, had trouble with fatigue late in the season. So again, be modest from me. That's a really interesting point about signing Ka because just to build off it, it's not even just about offering her the max, obviously, which she'll obviously get from the sky next off season. It's also about being able to sign players as well that have enough salary cap to sign players that can also convince Ka to stay. So that's an interesting thought experiment. Um, Yeah, I thought that I think I would like this deal a little bit more, especially at the price point at 160K per season, if it was a one year deal as well. I also gave it a B minus and like C plus like I couldn't really decide between B minus C plus. I think that she's a really solid player. <laughs> she even scored like 40 points, I believe, the other night at Athletes Unlimited. And um, she's someone that I think has a lot of potential to grow now that she's going to be away from the Dallas Wings, whose offense is just so up and down. And yeah, I, I, I just think that when we look at Isabel Harrison at that salary figure for the next two seasons, I think that could end up being somewhat of an overpay. But I do think that she could be really solid for this guy this season. And when you look at James Wade's comments over the last couple of weeks, he's talking about culture first and foremost. He's like, it's the thing that when I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, it was just, that's what he was talking about before he even talked about the on-court stuff. It's just establishing a culture and environment based off of grit and just 
some cohesion, which I think the sky kind of lacked towards the end of last season, which you saw it on the court. It was just, there was just something up there. I think Isabel Harrison's going to be that person, someone that could really unite the team on the court, losing Candace Parker as that semi assistant coach and that presence, I think really helped the sky when they were able to go on that deep playoff run in 2021 and were one of the best teams in the WNBA, not the best team for some parts of 2022 as well. So, and you got to love the connection to Chicago as well as her being a Jordan athlete. So, and just her comments about the city is what I mean. So yeah, I think we're both in agreement on that one. A stew do fall though, Christopher back on a one year deal. I mean, where are you at with this one? I mean, one year, 115 K unprotected. A stew is back. She's been with the team in three different stints here. So I guess two different technically, but how do you feel about it? If this was, um, if this was a couple of years ago, I think I might've um, eschewed my, the, the rule that I just put in place uh, three minutes ago and giving it an A, <laughs> but this is a vibes deal and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, even at $115,000, uh, you know what? Like that, especially at $115,000, the amount of money that gets thrown around at sports today, $115,000 is literally a whisper in the wind. Shout out to Jeff Hardy. So uh, bringing a stew back for the vibes and for having an extra big for depth, it's great. She took last year off and she will, was willing to come back to Chicago. And that, if nothing else, should make some fans a little bit um, tempered considering the free agency exodus that they had. So I say... I want to say B plus for no other reason than that. Yeah. I know that might be a stretch. Let me say B plus. What did you think? Well, now I'm going to be a Debbie Downer. You went with vibes. I think we were going with vibes. God damn it. Vibes, um, I love us too. I can't. I can't. Hey, I love us to do fall as much as anyone. And she's again, the nicest person ever. I do think though, just when James Wade talks about like, the 10 players that are going to be coming in the training camp being set. And they're really just being one more spot in the roster, unless my math is wrong and they can actually get two people, which I don't think is the case. The last time I checked, I do think 115 K for one season of someone that is doing really well overseas right now, to be fair, like doing really well, shooting the ball better than she was the last time we saw her in the WNBA. Okay. I think that 115 K it's still a lot in this situation. And that's why I gave it a C plus begrudgingly, even though I really like what she's going to bring to this locker room too. It's tough because you have to reach your, the salary floor as a franchise. And the sky had so much salary after even late, like sort of late in free agency where Candace Parker's off the books, same with Courtney Vandersloot, Ali Quigley, Emma Meeseman, and so on. When you're in a situation like that, you're going to sign players probably more than what their actual value is. And it doesn't bother me as much with 115K in this case, but man, it does seem like a lot. I'm even kind of talking myself into a B minus as I say it out loud, Chris. I like, I love us <laughs> so much. Um, and if she can, like, we're going to get to Alana Smith in a second here, but when it comes to a stew, the sky do need, I think you want to have at least one big who can shoot. And if she does re rediscover her form from 2019, from August onward to the playoffs that year, if you get that player again, and maybe that's unrealistic, but maybe you get 85% of that player, I think Astu can really help this team. But 115K is just a lot for me in this situation. But tell me why I'm a dick. <laughs> no, no, I went through everything. I think that you are being a bit more um, objective about it than I might be. <laughs> and I think it's it's hard for me to be objective with a stew because she had two of the uh, most impactful moments in, of the season uh, before this guy took the title when she hit that she hit that three in Las Vegas and then when she put Kevin Fahey's name on the map forever in that game in Washington. So I think that it just it just resonates with me really a, a lot. And I think, again, that she'll be somebody similar to Elizabeth Williams who can provide some veteran presence. And she's been in the league for a while playing basketball, especially for a long time. And um, she does provide that. 
shooting touch and some rebounding when she gets on the floor. She had not a great amount of impact in the 2021 playoffs, but there were times in that series against um, Phoenix where Stu got some floor, if I'm remembering correctly, it couldn't be Connecticut, but I know there was a time where Stu got some floor time and provided some presence, especially as a rim running big. So I won't say you're, I'm not going to say you're a dick. You're my, you're my (laughs) podcast partner, but I think that we're looking at it from, from two different perspectives. I think that's the only thing there. Uh, James, now let's get into the big deal of the the off season, which was that four team trade that landed the Chicago sky, Marina Mabry. And before we get into our grades for it, let's just go over things again. One more time. The sky received Marina Mabry from Dallas and a 2024 second-round pick from Phoenix. The Dallas Wings got Diamond to Shields from Phoenix. Uh, both of this year's number five pick and next year's first-round pick from the Sky and the rights to swap picks in 2025. The New York Liberty received Leone Fibich, the 2024 second-round pick from the Sky and the rights to swap picks with Phoenix in 2025. And the Mercury got Michaela Onyenwede, the 2024 uh, 20, the 2024 third round pick from the sky and the sky's 2025 second round pick. Huh. Take a deep breath, exhale, memorize all that for posterity's sake. I'm talking to you listeners, not you, James. I know you've had that memorized since the, since the deal happened a month ago. <laughs> so, all that on the table. What did you grade? How did you grade the trade? So there is multiple ways in which we have to view this trade. And honestly, even... All of these grades that we're giving now are all there's the one that we have in the moment of what we think is going, what things are going to look like. And then there's these final grades that we never put out as media when everything is said and done. They're like regrading something, which is something that I think I might try to do. And I think this is another example where we're not going to know the final grade of this trade or like really have concrete opinions about it until we see what happens with that 2024 first round pick and the 2025 first round pick. Notice how I didn't say the number five pick this year because I'm just so <laughs> low on this draft, especially now that Elizabeth Kitley might also be not entering the draft this year. She might actually stick around for her fifth season. So that just really took a dump on this upcoming draft. Um, Honestly, I think that's a good idea on her part, but keep going. Right now, this is how I'm, I'm viewing it. I I view this trade as a firm C, trying to think about what's happening on the court this year, but also thinking about the future a little bit. And I think it has a potential to end up in that A minus B plus range if everything goes right and those picks don't end up meaning anything for the sky. Because again, just how the WNBA draft lottery works, the sky could be really solid this year, just given how wide open the second tier is in the WNBA right now, outside of the two or three contenders in the W, depending on how you look at it. Or it has a chance to be like a D minus, which I would never give it an F because again, I think Marina Mabry is a really solid player who I think, especially when fans get more acclimated to her game away from Arike Agumbawale, that she's someone that, is going to make an all-star team this year. Mm. I do feel that way, just given like how big of a role she's going to have in this offense. And people love the shiny raw stats that are out there. Um, that 2025 class is just something that I've, I've spent a lot of time this week talking with about the sky trade with people who I trust at the college level and just scouting, man, it's going to be really loaded. And if things just don't go that well this upcoming season, which, again, I would believe any anything anyone tells me right now about what their prediction is for the sky in 2023, because the 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 W is just so loaded right now, and even the top teams are going to get upset on I think a decent amount of nights at times, and I this kind that's kind of where I'm at with it, man. That 2025 draft is just so stacked. There's going to be someone that surprises us down the line as well, who we're not even talking about right now. There's going to be some freshman or sophomore that is going to be blowing our minds away. And we're just going to be thinking about, damn, this guy could have got them at number eight or number nine, potentially. And Dallas can just swap and go, go up and get that player. 
those are just conversations and sit here on March 4th at 2.49 p.m. That's kind of where my head's at. Um, and I say that as someone who, before the Marina Mabry trade, back in fucking November, all right, was saying that the sky should go out and get Marina Mabry because she's someone that I think is... <laughs> and the other thing that... I'll be really quick with this, Chris. Um, the other thing that I've been thinking about a lot is that Marina Mabry was a restricted free agent, which means that she would have had to sign an offer sheet with this guy in order for the for Dallas to even match it, and then having to take in someone who didn't want to be there anymore. Um, Andy Costable reported that Christina Williams, I believe, also reported that earlier in the season, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe that was Alicia Gray. People reported that. Um, if that is the case, and WNBA players have leverage in this situation, a part of me wonders if she did end up signing an offer sheet in the end, like if this guy ever offered her an offer sheet, and then to drive that price down, where instead of giving up these picks, do you bet on just signing Marina Mabry to an offer sheet at the full max, which is not that much more than what she ended up getting, and then forcing Dallas's hand to then match that contract and then have to deal with this whole thing where Marina Mabry can make things really uncomfortable for Dallas. And maybe that's not even, maybe that was just something that was on the table. Um, and maybe, and I'm just coming up with this idea to lower the grade for some reason, but I think it would have been reported <laughs> that Marina Mabry would have signed an offer sheet. And a part of me wonders if that was something that actually happened. And, in return, did the sky just give up maybe an extra pick when it didn't necessarily need to if Marina Mabry had just signed an offer sheet, if that makes sense? That's a really good uh, that's a really good question. I see that you have been hard at work on franchise mode on 2K. No. Uh, going through the I was scenarios. just going this came up when I was looking at the WNBA transaction page and across the timelines transaction page, which has included that in the past. And it just made me think, like, I feel like if she signed an offer sheet, especially with how things were leaked so much this offseason, that it would have been really, like, it would have been something that, yeah, I just think would have been leaked in free agency if she had signed an offer sheet with the Sky and then Dallas in return would then have to figure something out here. Again, I'm not trying to come up with conspiracies here. It was just something that I've been thinking about, like, oh, wait a second. Will that be a possibility that's out there? If or maybe Dallas could have been like, no, we're going to match it no matter what, and you're just here with us, Marina. So maybe the sky couldn't have done something in the end. In that case of like, okay, no, we'll try to we'll play ball here a little bit more and try to make it work. Again, it was just something that like, I feel like would have been reported potentially if she had signed an offer sheet. Completely understand, and that's again, it's a good point. Um... I think that is worth investigating because I gave the trade. I gave the trade. I've been going back and forth between T minus and D because I think that that was a lot of draft capital to give up, no matter what happens. And you're right, this guy season could fall anywhere between the three seed and last. Well, I don't think it'll fall apart that badly. And Indiana is still growing, so I think they could finish eleventh if things go just absolutely terrible. It's just a lot of draft capital to give up, even when you're not as big on going through the draft or the college ranks necessarily as James Wade has been. I think that you're you're giving away a lot of flexibility in the future years if you want to pick up somebody via trade and a team says, hey, do you have any draft picks that we could get a hold of? Now, granted, I know some teams might not think, well, if the sky are going to be decent, then we want to get draft picks. But again, we don't know what the sky are going to be. That's so, that's the big thing. That's the big overarching theme here. There's going to be such a question mark uh, for the sky now and in the near future because they still have to try and um, they still have to try and set things in stone for the next three years, not just this year. I thought that this. I've gone back and forth on this year's draft. I know you. I made mention of Elizabeth Kitley, um, but I think there's some other players out there who have moved up the draft boards, particularly. As we approach uh, March Madness in the NCAA tournament, Clarissa Osborne is somebody who comes to mind with UCLA beating Stanford in the tournament, on uh, the Pac-12 tournament. 
And so even if this year's draft is going to be so-so, next year's draft is going to be fucking stacked. And there's a lot of people in there who could have helped this guy no matter how much uh, the team plans or doesn't plan on losing. So I, I think at the end of the day, I'm going to give it a D plus. Even, even as Marina Mabry has the chance to blossom into an absolute star, just because if you're giving away that much draft capital, you should get more back than a second round pick. I think and, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. And that's kind of why like the offer sheet thing, like that second round pick probably doesn't mean much to you. So if you sign Marina Mabry do a max deal, when Dallas, who already has all of these salary cap woes, I mean, even before this trade, it was just, they were really right up against it. We're going to have to make some really difficult decisions with some of these younger players that they want to develop a little bit. And this is why, like, I really do believe, I get why James Wade would want to trade some of these future picks when it's like, okay, if you want to win now, you can't have a situation like 2019 where you have to develop Katie Lou Samuelson and try to win. Whether you want to say that was the wrong pick at the time or not, they believed in the pick. I think teams should pick players who they believe in no matter what. And if you, again, if you, if you don't have time to develop the players, then you're just wasting it. And instead you go out and get someone like Marina Mabry, who down the stretch of last season was just someone who showed that she can be a really solid facilitator in this league. So I get you though, like the draft capital thing. It's like 2024 doesn't bother me as much unless like you're going to get a top 12 player out of that class, which it's like, okay, shit like that. That class is going to be really good. Maybe you would want a top 12 player. You can always trade back in. I feel like in these circumstances, the team's up against the cap as well. It's 2025, which I'm just, whew, that could be tough. But I think you make valid points there. Um, Chris, Rebecca Garner signed a one-year, $100,000 unprotected deal as a reserve free agent. What did you give that grade? I gave it a B plus because I'm not giving A's out. And that's the only real reason. Bring Rebecca Gardner back. Pay Rebecca Gardner. Uh, I don't know if there's a way to, within the CBA, make that a protected deal since she was a reserved free agent. Um, but I think the best thing about this, and I, I saw this as I was researching our episode, the Marina Mabry trade, Richard Cohen made mention of the fact that this was not the qualifying offer. This was separate from that because I think the maximum that this guy could have offered Rebecca Gardner was uh, 62000 plus. So she was not only got 40,000 more, which I think is well-deserved here, she's back with the sky and she's a player that they absolutely need. Um, with the team that they've assembled who are not necessarily as, as good at perimeter shooters, they're going to need to be able to get to the rim and finish in the restricted area. And Rebecca Gardner, as we've seen, can do that. She is also a ball hawk on defense. And as I think there was a clip in Eurobasket earlier this Euro season, when she uh, with in her time with Spar Girona, she is definitely not a player. Even though we saw, I think her being more soft spoken and outside of the fray with the sky last season, she mix it up with. Them. She has pride in her play. She has pride in her ability. She has pride in her team, and anything else that she of anything else that she has done with the sky, which was a lot last season, that's going to really uh, mix well with the team and the fans. So, solid B plus for me. And it, again, it's only an A because I'm that that professor that you hated. <laughs> We're on the same page. Wow, this is so funny. We didn't even talk about these ahead of the show. I also had this as a B plus. Again, given the scale that I've come up with, that more than anything, let's just be simple here, Chris. You just brought back Rebecca Gardner, who was one of the best perimeter players, perimeter defenders in the WNBA last season. I think obviously you probably want to try to make make this work in a multi-year deal instead, just because she's been so great for them. But if Rebecca Garner wanted a one-year deal, you gave her a raise. I think this is something that Wade's done pretty well in the past of, hey, I know that other people might not view you as like a, a max player like Kalia Copper ahead of the 2020 season, but we're giving you a max contract anyway. Like, this is kind of with Rebecca Gardner, you get a 40K bump, even as a reserved free agent where you can only negotiate with your own team. So it was good for the sky to like reward Rebecca Gardner for what she did last season and what she's going to do in 2023. 
And she gives you the ability, like she just gives you a lot of lineup options in the sense that she could, again, I think that she could close as someone who could play next to both Marina Mabry and Kalia Copper. And just, I think that gives them a ton of options defensively. And I think you just keep it simple. You just, you bring back someone who was just, especially in the fourth quarter, it could just lock down the other team's best perimeter player. So I thought that this was pretty straightforward. Alana Smith, Chris, Alana Smith, one year, hundred K unprotected. Where are you at with this one? I think this might be the most polarizing one we've had so far. <laughs> it's, it's tough because outside of her, her numbers, she's an unknown, unknown commodity for me. And, you know, I think that's the big thing. With her time in Phoenix, she's, I think, remained an unknown commodity because she's still in the league, but nobody's seen her her maximum or the people who think that they do. I think this would definitely be lower on the grading scale. Um, I don't want to put an incomplete because one that's kind of outside the rules that we determined for ourselves, even though I know a lot of us have gotten that on our papers. That would be a classic uh, Chris Pennant swerve, by the way. That would be like, hey, <laughs> I got a 34 on the ACT, so I know how to manipulate things in a certain way that I would like. Uh, nice. so <laughs> I am able to find a loophole, boy. Uh, some people told me that I should have taken the LSAT for that reason. Anyway, back to the show. <laughs> Alana Smith, I think, it's such an unknown commodity that you almost have to wait for training camp to really give this a preseason grade because it doesn't, it, it doesn't really, maybe that's the thing. This is a, a let's see how it goes kind of deal. I think the problem is it's hard to get that $100,000 off of the books if you do uh, release her at some point during the season. Um, that's something that I admit that I did not check on in the, within the CBA, even though it's an unprotected, it's an unprotected deal, but I, I, I don't know exactly how that works in terms of your salary cap and then uh, signing any players during the season. But I think it's more so that I hope she, like any other player who has not espoused any, you know, silly, silly views or, or just proven themselves to be a bad person succeeds in the WNBA. I hope she makes it. I hope that she is able to find the form that Phoenix saw when they drafted her in the first place. But, you know, does she really add anything to the stated direction that the sky have given? I don't, I don't really know. I don't, I don't know. So I don't think it was a bad pickup. I think for a hundred thousand dollars is, is a lot for a player that has uh, generated what she has so far in her WNBA career. But you know what? I'm going to go with incomplete. I'm glad that we have a little bit of a disagreement here. Oh, I'm telling you, man, the Kool-Aid tastes so good in March. <laughs> it tastes so good. Oh my God. I just, I've gained so much weight drinking the Kool-Aid, Chris. I'm just going to say it. I, I, I gave this a B and I know, look, I've, I've scoured every database that I use to look at how Alana Smith, Alana Smith, I gotta be better at that, how Alana Smith has performed in the WNBA. I think the tape actually kind of looks a little bit worse than even what the, the stats indicate. Even with that said, when you talk about the WNBA, it's just such a unique league because you don't get a chance to develop talent in the way that you probably want to in a time where every penny is important. And with James Wade, like we talked about last week, Alana Smith is going to be on this team next year. She has a secured spot coming from Australia to be on the sky. She's They're going to develop her. I just think that this is, it's a high risk, high reward situation. And this grade, I'm telling you, could also plummet all the way to, I, I, I can't, be, again, C minus. I can't, for one year deals, I just can't give them anything lower than that. And if you're telling me you were able to sign someone who shot close to what, like 40% from deep on over five attempts in college, which again was a long time ago, 2019, long time ago, she's a different player. And what she was coming out of Stanford. But it does seem like she's rediscovered her shot. 
She's gotten stronger, which is safe that you can say about Azrae Stevens, by the way, for this upcoming season of the Sparks. She just looks so much stronger because she's had more time to, to, to like to develop. And I look at Alana Smith. I'm like, okay, you didn't get that chance in the W as much to just make some mistakes. I think with the sky, just given both of the both sides of situation, where it's they came in at the last minute there to sign someone who had a who had a market. By the way, like this is someone that WNBA teams valued clearly because multiple teams were in on Alana Smith. I know it's 100k, which is a lot, and I mean remove the un and unprotected like it's clearly protected because she's going to be with the team that's a good point i think this has a chance to be a, a really solid move for the sky for this upcoming season when you again just you want to have maintain some of your ability to stretch the floor from the four and five and if she can provide that and be someone that's just like next to elizabeth williams i think that's where she's going to be most successful potentially and for that, I just like the upside. When you're in this position where you're with, with, with the sky you're at right now, where you're in between being like a contender and rebuilding, you got to take home run shots like this. Like you've got to swing for the fences, even if it means that you have a good chance of striking out too. And just given the vision that James Wade is selling everyone on, which you should be, you shouldn't be planning on losing, you know, like you can't have Kalia Copper on your roster and try to sell a vision based off of losing. You can't. I think you could do worse than Alana Smith at this figure, just given how she's done in Poland and given just the limited options that are out there in free agency. So I don't know, man. I, I, I get everyone's skepticism. I think that maybe in July I, I might be looking foolish, but I owe you guys my honest opinion on all this stuff, and that's just where my gut is at right now. Most definitely. And I can understand that. That's a good point about her shooting numbers um, overseas, both in Australia and Poland. And that's something the Sky, as we said, are going to be lacking. That's something that they're going to be lacking um, or that they need to have, I should say. They, they really need to um, fill a hole, fill a void at this year. And so if a lot of Smith can do that, then fantastic. But I'm, I'm very much in wait to see mode on it. Um, hopefully when given a fair shake, I think she's she's getting more of a fair shake here than, than she might have in Phoenix. Uh, correct me if you think I'm wrong on that, honestly. But she's getting more of a fair shake in terms of play, especially early on in the season. Then we'll see exactly what she's made of. And we have 36 games as opposed to 32 or 34 to see that this year. Ah, oh, man, that was, that was very insightful. I think that uh, overall, great episodes and and uh, grading and preseason predictions can be tough and might seem like uh, either filler or rehashes, but this was cool. This was a cool episode to do. And I, I'm glad that we were able to do it as the season is. Again, the season is rapidly approaching, folks. It's officially March. Um, don't let the temperatures fool you. Don't let the <laughs> snow forecast fool you. Training camp and preseason games will start soon. So if you're trying to get up to Toronto, to uh, the Scotiabank Center and see the sky north of the border, you know, keep trying. Uh, I, I don't think that we can do any, any charity uh, drives or anything like that to get people up there, but uh, keep in touch with us, as always. Uh, before we finish our show, of course, I want to thank the sponsor of this show, of this episode, and of the show, Betstamp. Uh, sky fans, as the season approaches, as I'm saying, you're looking for the best place to put it um, to find information on bets that you might want to make, whether it's on futures, who's going to win the WNBA, who's going to make the WNBA finals, or daily bets of anything from do you think Philly Copper will score, score 20 or more points tonight, or do you think that Elizabeth Williams is going to have two or more blocks uh, in a game? And so if you want to find that information, but are really hesitant about going to the major sports books or sorting through lines and odds that you might see in publications, Betstamp is a fantastic place to not only be able to track the odds and lines from the major sports books in North America, but also to follow bettors like the Skyhook podcast and other uh, celebrity users, see their return on investment, basically how much their betting has been the return they're getting back for those bets, and their history of success rates, as well as track your old bets all within the Betstamp app. 
I've been using the app for about a month now, and I really, really do enjoy that feature because I can go back, see which bets that I'm making, see which ones were sillier than most, see which ones had the most <laughs> success, and then adjust my strategy going forward. So use BetStamp, check them out in the Apple Store and in Google Play. And if you do sign up, use the promo code SkyhookPod when you do. Again, the promo code is SkyhookPod. The name of the app is BetStamp, and they are the sponsor of this show. Thank you to them, and thank you to you. And thank you to James, because we've made it to the tail end. James, any final thoughts on our episode? No, man, this was great. So glad that we got a chance to talk, just kind of sort through our thoughts with each of these trades, because I know we've kind of expanded on some more than others. So glad that we got a chance to do this and look forward to recording again soon to maybe talk about some of the other moves in the WNBA this year as well. So always a pleasure, my man. Once again, as always, if you want to send us any email, send us any email at all. Tell us we're doing great. Tell us we're doing badly. Or just have a question on your mind that you've been wondering about. Email us at theskyhookmailbag at gmail.com. That's theskyhookmailbag at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at theskyhookpod. And he is on Twitter at James underscore M underscore K-A-Y. I am Quandary Kitten. That's K-W-A-N-D-A-R-Y Kitten. Once again, he is the founder, often imitated, never duplicated, impossible to beat in thumb wrestling, James K. I'm Chris Pennant, wearer of oversized hoodies, and this has been the Skyhook Podcast. We'll see you next time at Skytown.